weeks since the horrific attack in Paris, and world leaders have been reeling in formulating a response. There is much consternation in the world as the conflict from the Middle East once again has reached the comfortable lives of Westerners. The atmosphere is similar to that of the time of period directly before the overthrow of Judea in AD 70, as prophesied by the Lord Jesus Christ when he stated, There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Luke chapter 21, verses 25 to 26. Well, while the world is reeling in dread of what is coming, Bible prophecy students have the comfort of the scriptures to know the end of the situation. We read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 2 to 6, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor the darkness. Let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. So prophecy tells us the end of the situation, and lets us know that God is in control of the nations. We read in Daniel chapter 4, verse 17, that this matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basest of men. And again, God tells us that he reveals what he is doing through the prophetic word. Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secrets to his servants the prophets. So what do the prophets reveal about the situation at the time of the end? Ezekiel paints the picture of an alliance hostile to Israel that will form the invading force along with Russia. We read in Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 2 to 6, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, the Libyans with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands in the house of Tagarma of the north quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. So in this grand alliance is Gomer and all his bands. Now according to the historian Edward Wells, writing 1708, the colonies, which coming from the nation of Gomer in process of time, spread themselves further and further and settled themselves in several parts of Europe. This colony of the Cimmeri, increasing in process of time and so spreading themselves still by new colonies further westward, came along the Danube and settled themselves in the country, which from them has been called Germany. Out of Germany, the descendants of Gomer spread themselves into Gaul or France. He goes on to say that Josephus says that these are called by the Greeks Galatia, were originally Gomerites. 
which words may be understood either of the Asiatic Galatia, according, or commonly called by us the Galatians, or by the European Galatia, commonly called by us the Gauls, end quote. So historians identify Gomer of Ezekiel with the Gauls of French and with the Germans. Well, Ezekiel states that these nations will be with Russia, which is Rosh, at the time of the end in their invasion of Israel. When we watch today's news, we are seeing the alliance predicted in the scripture in embryo stages of formation. Remember that following the Second World War and the fall of Nazi Germany and the collaborating Vichy France, the French have been in the hegemony or the influence of Western powers, specifically America. They have been members of NATO since its inception in 1948 and formalization in 1949. During the Cold War, France, though, withdrew from NATO's military agreement under Charles de Gaulle's presidency in 1958, while remaining a member of NATO. But later, under French uh, President Nicolas Sarkozy, France negotiated the return of France to the integrated military command of NATO. While the horrific attacks in Paris have provoked an understandably visceral response from France, with some interesting outcomes, the French president addressed both houses of the French parliament at the Palace of Versailles the second time in history, a president has done this, stating, France is at war. We're not engaged in a war of civilizations because these assassins do not represent any. We are in a war against jihadist terrorism, which is threatening the whole world. Friday's acts of war were decided and planned in Syria. They were organized in Belgium and er perpetrated on our soil with French complicity with one specific goal to sow fear and to divide us. He went on to say that Syria has become the biggest factory of terrorism the world has ever known, and the international community is still too divided and too incoherent. End quote. Well, Hollande then called upon Russia and America to join forces in the fight against ISIS, stating, we must combine our forces to achieve a result that is already too late in coming. Hollande's speech isn't just rhetoric. This week, France sent their ships, as Los Angeles Times reported, into the Middle East. The French have sent their largest carrier aircraft, the Charles de Gaulle, to, from southern France to the eastern Mediterranean, including a carrier force, the flagship of the French Navy. France will have a total of 40 warplanes in the conflict, according to the Defense Ministry. End quote. Well, what is extremely significant is that rather than looking to NATO and evoking Article 5, France has become the first nation to invoke the mutual, mutual defense clause of the European Union's treaty, which states, if a member state is the victim of armed aggression on its territory, the other member state shall have toward it an obligation of aid and assistance by all the means in their power. Article 42.7 of the Treaty on the European Union. Well, the Wall Street Journal reported the EU's response. EU foreign policy chief Federica Mogherini said in, that the tool is mainly intended to intensify bilateral cooperation, but the EU is given some role in coordinating these efforts. She said many ministers had already announced offers of material existence that could help free up French capabilities. 
While it isn't entirely surprising that France would look elsewhere for support, the day before the attack on Paris, Obama was claiming to have contained ISIS. From the start, our goal has been first to contain, and we have contained them. They have not gained ground in Iraq, and in Syria, it, they'll come in, they'll leave, uh, but you don't see this systematic march by ISIL uh, across the terrain. What we have not yet been able to do is to completely uh, decapitate their command and control structures. We've made some progress in uh, trying to reduce the flow of foreign fighters, and part of our goal has to be to recruit more effective Sunni partners in Iraq. So Obama has come under much criticism for stating that America has been effective in containing ISIL. However, Obama is holding to his policies in the Middle East even after the Paris attacks. During his press conference in Turkey's G20 summit, he claimed his policies are working. ISIL is the face of evil. Our goal, as I've said many times, is to degrade and ultimately destroy this barbaric terrorist organization. As I outlined this fall at the United Nations, we have a comprehensive strategy using all elements of our power, military, intelligence, economic, development, and the strength of our communities. We have always understood that this would be a long-term campaign. There will be setbacks and there will be successes. The terrible events in Paris were obviously a terrible and sickening setback. Even as we grieve with our French friends, however, we can't lose sight that there has been progress being made. Well, around the world, the Paris attacks are being described as France's 9-11. Many have criticized Obama's response, describing Paris attack as a sickening setback as being insensitive. The Washington Post claimed Mr. Obama may be the first president since the end of World War II who simply doesn't care what happens to Europe, end quote. Well, even though Obama claims France is our oldest ally, France is looking elsewhere for support. Meanwhile in Canada, a recent election seated liberal leader Justin Trudeau in the prime minister's chair. Sheva reported... Despite the deadly attacks in Paris, Canada is committed to withdrawing six fighter jets bombing Islamic State in Iraq and Syria, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said Monday. And Aratsheva's David Rubin had the following to say. Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, after less than a month in office, is hastily living up to his reputation as the Northern Obama. His announcements that he is determined to keep his campaign, campaign pledge to welcome at least 250,000 Syrian migrants is raising many eyebrows, as a terrorist threat from such newcomers becomes more and more apparent with the most recent Islamic terrorist massacre in France. End quote. So with both America and Canada moving to the sidelines, other players are stepping into the void. In fact, France has called on both Russia and America to join forces, but in the wake of limited American response, has had to focus on Russia. The Wall Street Journal carried an article with the headline, France Wants Alliance with Russia. The French seek to broaden coalition fighting Islamic State after Paris attacks. 
And the article reported Mr. Hollande redefined France's goal in a speech on Monday and also said our enemy, our enemy in Syria is Daesh, using another name for the Islamic State, end quote. Well, the LA Times reported Alon's overtures have been received warmly by Putin's government, which is eager to be seen as a partner of Western Europe, especially against the extremist threat it has warned the public about. The French approach is exactly what Putin's been dreaming about, said Alexander Gabouv, the Moscow-based foreign policy expert for the Carnegie Endowment of International Peace, end quote. Well, Sky News also reported on, th- on Tuesday, Russia President Vladimir Putin has agreed to step up a joint military operation with France to combat the Islamic State. Moscow says the move follows a telephone conversation with French President Francois Hollande, who had earlier urged the US and Russia to join a coalition to destroy the extremist group. Mr. Putin has apparently ordered the Russian Navy to contact its French counterparts and work together as allies. End quote. Well, it isn't just France that is turning to Russia. The Wall Street Journal last week reported Prime Minister Viktor Orban of Hungary has praised illiberalism and made common ideological cause with Russian President Vladimir Putin. In Germany, a whole class of business people, politicians, current and former government officials led by former Chancellor Gerhard Schroeder, presses constantly for normalized relations with Moscow. It sometimes seems in Germany and perhaps in all of Europe as if the only person standing in the way of a full alliance with Russia is German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Now the Syrian crisis has further bolstered Russia's position. Although Europeans generally share Russia's discomfort with Moscow's support for Mr. Assad and Russia's bombing of moderate Syrian rebels in the wake of the Paris attacks, any plausible partner in the fight against the Islamic State seems worth enlisting. In France, the former president, Nicolas Sarkozy, has long been advocating for Russia, but now his call for partnership with Moscow's are echoed by France's president, Francois Hollande, who seeks a grand coalition with Russia to fight the Islamic State. The article continued, former German foreign minister, Joka Fischer, recently put it, the U.S. quite obviously is no, willing, no longer willing or able to play its old role. Mr. Fisher was referring specifically to America's role as the dominant power in the Middle East. But since the refugee crisis and the attacks in Paris, America's unwillingness to pay, play that role has reverberations and implications well beyond the Middle East. What the U.S. now does or doesn't do in Syria will affect the future stability of Europe and strengthen and the strength of the transatlantic relations and therefore the well-being of the liberal world order, end quote. So political leaders in Europe, from France, Germany, Hungary and elsewhere, are seeing America's lack of leadership as a reason to make alliance with Russia for a future world order. Once again, the Bible has told us the story well before politicians move in the directions the angels are pointing them. Well, the European Union has been pushing for closer integration with the proposal of the European Army being brought up in March of this year. 
British Prime Minister David Cameron has opposed this move, and the week before the Paris attack announced Britain would be looking to renegotiate its membership in the European Union and hold a referendum on British membership in the EU. Cameron seems to support the European membership, but on a renegotiated basis he believes he can achieve. However, he has clearly stated that if Britain cannot renegotiate, it will vote on membership and the vote will be irrevocable. And we believe very strongly that if a major member state has major concerns, concerns which it's been voicing in a measured and constructive fashion over a number of years, then it is entitled to expect those concerns to be addressed. And at the heart of this negotiation, is actually a very simple question. Is the European Union flexible enough to accommodate the concerns of its very different member states? So I have every confidence that we will achieve an agreement that works for Britain and works for our European partners. And if and when we do so, as I said three years ago, I will campaign to keep Britain inside a reformed European Union. I'll campaign for it with all my heart and all my soul, because that will be unambiguously in our national interest. But if we can't reach such an agreement, and if Britain's concerns were to be met with a deaf ear, which I don't believe will happen, then we will have to think again about whether this European Union is right for us. And as I've said before, I rule nothing out. And ultimately, it will be the judgment of the British people in the referendum I promised that what I will deliver. You will have to judge what is best for you and your family, for your children and grandchildren, for our country, for our future. It will be your decision whether to remain in the EU on the basis of the reforms we secure or whether we leave. Your decision. Nobody else's. Not politicians, not parliaments, not lobby groups, not mine. Just you. You, the British people, will decide. At that moment, you'll hold this country's destiny in your hands. This is a huge decision for our country, perhaps the biggest we'll make in our lifetimes. And it will be the final decision. The renegotiation is happening right now, and the referendum that follows will be a once-in-a-generation choice, an in-or-out referendum. When the British people speak, their voice will be respected, not ignored, if we vote to leave, then we will leave. There'll not be another renegotiation and another referendum. Well, Cameron may well be willing to campaign with all his heart and soul. All we can say is, good luck, bud, because the angels will also be at work, just like they were in Daniel's day, when we read Gabriel's words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Daniel 10 verse 13. This reminds us of the words of John Thomas in Elpis Israel when it comes to Britain's politicians and their policy, where he says the finger of God has indicated a course for Britain that cannot be evaded. Well, Daniel goes on to recall Gabriel's resolve. Now I will return to fight with the prince of Persia, and when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. Daniel 10 verse 20. 
Well, we know the end result of Britain's membership in the EU. They will be forced out by the angelic hand to fulfill the role God has appointed to them. Britain is with America, Canada, and its Arabian allies to protest the invasion of Ezekiel 38. In verse 13, we read, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, shall say to thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take away a great spoil? Well, France, on the other hand, will continue to shore up its solidarity with the EU and Russia to fulfill the rollout line for it. In verses 5 to 6 of Ezekiel 38, we read, Persia, which is Iran, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer, which of course is France and Germany, and all his bands, the house of Tagarma of the North Quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee who will be involved in the invasion. Well, Russia and Europe will inevitably be judged as it joins the little horn of Daniel's vision and invades the land of Israel, as Ezekiel and Daniel describe, and eventually makes war on Christ, as the book of Revelation dictates. Revelation 17, verse 14, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So, we continue to watch events unravel in France, Europe, Russia, and the Middle East, and we see the Bible in the news as the prophetic hand is moving the pieces around the chessboard and lining them up for the final game of play. Let us double our resolve to be faithful to the call of the gospel so that we can be part of the chosen when the great contest takes place between Christ and the nations of the world. For the Bible in the news, this has been Jonathan Bowen joining you. 